Every day, we rely on food, fuel, and fiber. But how much do you know about these industries we depend on? In this podcast, we dive deep into the production and processes of these everyday essentials. This is Field Points, an original podcast production from Siri Solutions. Welcome back to Field Points. I'm your host, Morgan Sager. This is the third episode of our eighth series where we're focusing on frequently asked questions in our energy and feed businesses. Now, in the last two episodes, we spent time with Sylvia and Erica talking all about the ins and outs of the energy business at Series Solutions. Today, we're shifting into the feed division, and we're going to again have a two-part conversation, this time with Henry and Maddie. In this first episode, we focus on who Henry and Maddie are, what they do at White Cloud what sets them apart, and what you can expect from the feed division at Series Solutions. Here's my co-host for this series, Callie Curley. This is the eighth series of the Field Points podcast, and the first time we will be getting to talk to anybody from the feed side of our business. So if you've been tuning in, you've heard a lot about agronomy, you've heard from our energy team, and this is the first time we've really gotten to dive into what goes on with our feed customers and at our feed mill up in White Cloud, Michigan. I'm excited for listeners to, and for the two of us, to learn a little bit more about all of the different commodities that they're working in, all the different species that they provide feed for, the size and scope of the business and of the farms that we're serving across Michigan. I think we're going to learn a lot about the quality and the care that goes into every load of feed that leaves that facility and the team that we know are a group of true professionals and doing a great job. Now let's meet our first guest on this episode, Maddie Nielsen. I'm Maddie Nielsen. I started with Series about a year and a half ago as a dairy nutritionist. I grew up on a small family dairy farm where I spent most of my childhood learning to love cows and decided to pursue a career in that. I went to college at Kansas State University, got my bachelor's degree in animal science and industry, and decided that I think my passion really lied within the nutritional world and just decided that it would be best fit to to pursue working as a dairy nutritionist, being that my background was in dairy. Um, I find a lot of other species interesting, but dairy, I guess, is kind of where my heart and soul lays. So pursued that, and I still spend some time on my family dairy farm now, helping out as we continue that on, and that's really me. I asked Maddie to share what a typical day as a dairy nutritionist looks like. Most days consist of farm calls. So I get up in the morning and head straight to my first farm. I generally write a list of farms the week before of where I'm going to go each day. And obviously in agriculture, there are a lot of things that come up unexpectedly. So there's always sometimes things that aren't on the plan for the day, but I spend the day most of the time in my truck going from farm to farm. And that just consists of walking cows, looking at feed, talking with farmers and, you know, trying to reach their goals by figuring out how can we manipulate the cow's feed just to increase production or change their butter fat test, or maybe there's a health problem going on with cows right now and we need to change that and we can do that through feed. So it's really just working alongside of the farmer to help them better reach their goals. We have had several agronomists on this show who have talked about walking fields, but I had never heard the term walking cows. So Maddie shares what that means and what she's looking for. What do I look for when walking cows? Mostly how is manure? So it's a lot about poop, which 
everybody I think is like, wow, that's really all you're looking at. But a lot of times poop will tell you a lot. So just just looking at how, what's the consistency of manure? Is there corn coming through the cows? That kind of stuff will tell us a lot about are the cows digesting what they're eating well? Is it going through them too fast and making their stomach upset? And then also looking at you know, just cow health all around. Our cows comfortable? Right now we're dealing with some summer heat. Last week, you saw a lot of uncomfortable cows. So are, are cows laying in stalls heaving? Are they bunching up in a corner where it's really dark trying to find shade because that's where they think it's the coolest? And then also looking at just the texture of the feed that they're eating. Does it smell good? Does it have good texture to it? Is it really dry and easily sortable? Because cows are well known for picking out the stuff that we would almost look at like candy. Corn is like candy to cows. They will sort that stuff out and eat that first and leave the rest of it until they absolutely have to eat it which then can also trickle down to manure at the same time and seeing changes in the manure overall as well. Do you want to share what you do with your findings? Yeah. After finding, let's say, a pen of cows that has loose manure, generally I'm going back to the farmer and explaining to them what I saw. And a lot of times people that are very hands-on with their cows will already know that's going on. And then we kind of make a game plan from there. So are we going to pull out some corn so they're not so loose? Are we going to tweak the dry matters or check the dry matters on some of the feed ingredients that they have on farm to see if we're off somewhere there? Just making a game plan, really. And then I go back to my computer based on what we kind of decide to do on farm and I have a whole software that is made to formulate diets for dairy cows. So it'll calculate crude protein, it'll calculate fat, calcium, phosphorus, all the minerals, all the micro minerals, vitamins, that kind of thing. And I will go in there and change their diet based on what we talked about on farm and put together what we call a ration or a diet for the farm. And they will take that and their feeder, the person that's responsible for feeding the cows, will then follow that sheet to be able to know how much corn silage do I put in the mixer? How much haylage do I put in the mixer? That kind of thing. So it's really an art. My old coworker who retired in January always used to say it's called the art of feeding cows. And it takes time to tweak that and kind of find that special spot where things are just going really smoothly. And it's all about working together to make that plan and recognize the changes that need to be made. Now we're going to meet our second guest on this episode, Henry Hugen. Yeah, so I grew up in Fremont, Michigan on a small family dairy farm where we milked about 80 registered jerseys and grew up watching my dad be a co-op member. Always saw what then was Fremont Co-op in town and watched it evolve into series. As a young man in agriculture, um, I found my way into being a chemical applicator for the Fremont agronomy location. And thereafter, series saw some of my leadership skills and took time to develop me into a leader. I I got the opportunity to become the White Cloud location manager was my original position. And we brought the brand new feed mill up from nothing and started all the machines and commissioned all of them and started making feed there with the team that moved from Fremont. And then over the last 18 months, I've acted as 
the series feed and grain director. So I oversee now White Cloud feed, Fremont grain, and Falmouth feed and grain. I feel really blessed and lucky to get to lead a great team and that I have great support behind me as well. Now Henry walks us through what a day in the life is like managing the White Cloud feed mill. So a day in the life can sometimes be managing the chaos of running out of an ingredient and being sure that everyone still gets their feed by the end of the day or finding someone to fill in for someone that's off on PTO, shuffling people. I spend a lot of time checking in with my people that work under me. So Maddie, I check in with her weekly to see what her needs might be as far as support she needs or molehills she's encountering. Visit with Kurt Bergstead, our commodities manager and any difficulties he's having with procurement. And then Seth Pell, my operations manager in White Cloud, takes care of all the sequencing through our batching system and dispatching of all of the loads of feed. And him and I are in each other's ear daily on what the pulse is at White Cloud, how things are going, how busy we are, how does tomorrow look, those kind of things, just really setting the pace and maintaining the pace for our feed business. When I was a kid, I remember seeing the feed mill and I always thought, oh, those guys, they've got time to do everything. They've got time to make feed. I'll just call them. They'll bring it out by lunchtime, right? And once I started and was able to observe how busy we are and then became a leader of the feed team, it's like the 10th of May every week. So to compare it to agronomy, it's like the 10th of May every week with dairy nutritionists and the adjustments they're making for their progressive dairy herds, you know, to move the needle for them. It's a moving target all the time. So it's an adjustment for us internally as well. That's how I would relate it. It's the 10th of May every week. So it's it's a steady pace. How many customers are you serving? I would say in total from our biggest customers on down to our smallest customers, we'd be right around 120 customers that are receiving feed from us anywhere from a weekly to monthly basis. And Maddie, how many dairies are you working with? It's close to 60 between dairy, beef, sheep, and deer customers that we work with. Balancing that many accounts, trying to keep the local connection where everybody feels valued and like you're paying close attention to them. How do you juggle so many different customers and make sure everybody feels like Ceres is going to serve their needs? My old coworker kind of set this up for me. You know, we would see some accounts once a week and some accounts are fine with being seen once a month. It just really depends on their needs. I have a couple progressive dairies that they need to be seen once a week and they're really happy with that. And I don't feel comfortable leaving them alone more than a week just because when cows are doing really, really well, it's nice to keep your finger on the pulse all the time, at least weekly to make sure that the wheels are not falling off the cart. And then we have customers, beef customers that are really self-sufficient and they want you to come out maybe two, three times a year and check on things. And other than that, they're not really looking for you to be in their ear once a week or monthly to bother them with, hey, how's it going kind of thing. And they're like, you know, it's been going good and it's still going good. Like, let me get my hay put up and leave me alone. (laughs) So that's the blessing in it is that not everybody has to be seen weekly. It makes it easier to juggle that. And obviously, um, I get a lot of phone calls in a day 
I never thought I would be this glued to my phone until I started doing this job. And it honestly fills all the gaps in the day. Most of the time in between farms, I'm usually on the phone with somebody calling, talking about what's going on. Somebody will call me and say, oh, we just got our first cutting haylage put up and and we think we might need to change our ration or we need a sample pulled on it or, hey, we need feed by the end of the week or all of that kind of stuff changes. Um, sometimes I get calls about, Hey, this happened on the farm. Somebody got hurt over the weekend. I just wanted you to know that so-and-so is going to be out of commission for a while. And it's really a relationship thing that just, we keep each other in the loop on just about everything when it comes to the farm and cows and how things are going. Thank goodness. Everybody is very patient with me because sometimes there's just not enough time in the day to get everything accomplished, but at least touching base with everybody um, that calls or my farms in a day that I have wrote down. It makes it manageable. Absolutely. Thank goodness for cell phones in that aspect. The other thing is we've got a great team behind you too, right? Absolutely. Heath Van Dyke at our order desk that fields the feed orders or Seth Pell, the operations manager and Kurt Bergstead. Those guys are all um, They're priceless. They're really yeah. priceless. It it blows my mind how I can call and say, somebody forgot that their feed bin is pretty much empty and now they need feed today. Can you pull it off, Seth? And he's like, oh yeah, we'll pull it off. And it just amazes me sometimes that I can call them and count on them to pick up the pieces when maybe it's not our fault that somebody ran out of feed, but they, regardless, they need feed by the end of the day and we're not going to let them go without. I don't think they realize how much I appreciate them. I try to say thank you as much as I can in in some of my emails because they work really hard to make the world go around as far as feed goes in, in the series feed division. Now Henry is going to walk us through what sets the feed mill at White Cloud apart from other feed mills. There's two things that come to the top of my head when we talk about what sets White Cloud apart from our competitors. The first one that I would say is our automation system that we've incorporated into our production with repeat automation. The way that White Cloud runs is everything is controlled by that automation system. We enter a what we would call a batch or a diet on a one-ton basis, and it will have the inclusions from the highest inclusion to the lowest inclusion and where those are sourced from in the facility. And the accuracy that we can achieve with repeat automation is bar none. We can be to the 10th of a pound on our micro ingredients. We can be within five pounds on the ground corn inclusion. So when we put those diets together, and they hit the truck scale, they land on that truck scale and they're as close to perfect as any feed mill is going to be able to get them. Then when we're putting the hand ads together with the help of repeat, so those are the inclusions that are not from a bulk bin that a human weighs out. And we weigh those right to the hundredth. So medications are weighed right to the hundredth. Some of the vitamins that we weigh are to the hundredth. So I just, I really feel like that accuracy that assurance of accuracy that repeat gives us is number one. And number two, safe food, safe feed certification, which is a third-party audit that we go through that double checks all of our processes. And not that we just do our processes on the important stuff, 
but we do it on every single batch of feed. Our processes are set out for us so that we have those accuracies, repeatable accuracies. And then we have the documentation to show that we actually did it and we're not, we're actually doing what we are saying. The third one I would say is our biosecurity. All trucks that come into our facility, as soon as they leave our blacktop approach to the mill, they go through a foment unit which sprays on a disinfectant to the bottom and sides of the entering vehicles. And we feel like we're safeguarding our customers that way from pathogens that could be carried by other vehicles like avian influenza, African swine fever, PED, PERS, those kind of things that would just be detrimental if they were to get into a livestock unit. I feel like those would be our top three. I could keep going though. I could probably get to 20 if you if you had time. I asked Henry to elaborate on the process they have in place to ensure that certain micronutrients or medications do not get mixed into the wrong load or potentially fed to the wrong species. It's built right Right into the repeat automation system that for us to enter a medication as an ingredient into the automation system, it realizes that that product needs to be either followed by the same species feed without medications to, in a sense, flush the system or that it does a holdback flush from the last batch of the highest inclusion. So say we're making a our stock Cafola pellet that we sell to a whole bunch of our dairy customers. The Cafola pellet, the mash we call it, the ground feed goes through the mixer and on that last batch it realizes, oh, this has rumensin in it. And it subtracts out 200 pounds of the highest inclusion item, which would be wheat mids on that, and waits for the last batch to fall out of the mixer then it weighs up that 200 pounds of mids, drops that into the mixer as a clean out flush. Then that falls through the rest of the system to, in a sense, purge out the medication. But it's not just the mixing system. We do that in our trucks as well. So if a truck had medicated feed on it and then we move into a non-medicated feed, we're flushing those trucks out as well. And back to our safe food, safe feed certification, that's all documented. It's all part of the batch report for repeat for the mixing system. And it's all part of the delivery report for the drivers that they keep track of during their day. It's those built-in safeguards that we've put for ourselves. Now Maddie spends some time walking us through what customers can expect out of customer service at White Cloud. Yeah, I think that honestly, I've had experience working in other places where you're in a customer service role. And I by far think out of the places that I have had experience working at, White Cloud really sets itself apart in the fact that our customer service is just really, really phenomenal. I think that we serve our customers with diligence and a lot of integrity. I know that there are times where we have to, like I said earlier, put together feed on a day's notice and we make it happen. I know that we have times where, you know, we're not perfect. Things happen, mistakes happen, and we easily work together as a team. And I think it comes across very seamlessly um, where the customer just doesn't really have to do much, doesn't have to lift a finger. And we're out there. If we have to get bad feed out of somebody's bin, we go get it. We bring it back to the mill and we have them new feed the same day. If not, we usually find a way to make sure that they have some sort of feed that day. And then we maybe bring them the rest of the load 
you know, later that week or the next day, that kind of thing. So I think just timeliness is a huge thing for us that sets us apart from other people. I try really hard on a nutrition side of things to make sure that if I'm at a farm in the morning, that that night, if we're making a ration change, I'm sending over new ration sheets and a new batch sheet to that farm, whether it's via email or a picture over text message. So they have that ready to go for the next morning if they want to use that then. Same thing goes with making changes to their mixes for the mill, just changing ingredients, sending that over to the mill. So if they wanted to order feed tomorrow, they could order that and it was ready to go. It's in place. I think that's a huge thing. And integrity, really, I think that people don't realize how much we really want to make sure we're doing this right. We're not using a product that maybe you said, I want this product in my mix. And it's like, okay, we're going and we're going to buy something that's maybe not quite the same thing, but it's close enough kind of thing. No, we're using ingredients that are exactly what you ordered and your mix is exactly what you ordered and, and what the nutritionist put together that you worked with them on. It's exactly what you wanted. Those are the biggest things for me on customer service. I think that overall, we just have a really great team personality wise too. I don't think it matters who answers the phone. Everybody is pretty chipper, no matter who answers. I always enjoy calling the mill because I either get Seth or Keith Van Dyke most of the time. And both of them are just, I swear, they woke up with a giant grin on their face every day. If not, I usually can tell and it's like, what's going on? <laughs> um, so, and we do a pretty good job of making light of the situation if something is going, is going awry. But on a customer service basis, I think that we've got a really great team that's just ready to serve anybody and everybody that wants to do business with us. Morgan, I might just add to that. I feel like on the customer service side that we always have someone available right? If Maddie's not available because she's on farm, we have customers that'll call the mill or might touch base with me. And we can keep people content to know that there is someone to answer their question. And I might not have the answer, but I'm going to get the answer and we're going to get back to you. We're going to have follow-up. We're going to have follow-through all the way to the end. The other thing I think when I think of customer service, the quality assurance that we give them, you know, the, the quality of their feed, that it's important to us. I think Maddie would agree that sometimes we almost feel like we're feeding those cows for these people, or we're, we're feeding those turkeys for this integrator, or we're helping raise those hogs in that barn. And it's a piece of us almost that we're bought into and we're in the trench with these people. I feel like our customers appreciate that from the service side. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I tend to address the cows or a farm as we instead of you a lot of times. And I'm always like, gosh, I hope that they're never offended by that. Like Maddie just assumed she's a part of this, but I kind of do. Like Henry said, we are feeding these cows. They're putting together the mix um, the TMR on farm, and we're making that mix as perfectly as we can for them to orchestrate that on farm. Another thing that I thought about on a customer service end is our truck drivers. I think they don't get enough credit for all the hard work that they do. And there is a lot of opportunity for mistake to happen when you're a truck driver, whether it be going to the wrong farm or putting feed in the wrong bin or 
mixing feed that, oh, I thought that this was this mix and I put it on top of the wrong mix. And I think our drivers do a really good job of calling before assuming that something just goes somewhere or that they're at the right place. I know that I've gotten phone calls while I'm on farm before from somebody saying, hey, I'm here. Am I, am I at the right place? And they kind of describe it to me. And I'm like, yeah, you're at the right place. Well, I don't even see where this goes. And I'm like, it's hidden, but it's there. So I, you know, explaining that working as a team to make sure that deliveries go as seamlessly as possible is another really big thing that I think we really strive to do well to set us apart from everybody else in the industry. I've had customers say different times, Maddie, and you've probably heard it too, that I feel like that guy works for me when he pulls in with my feet. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. I feel like he's my employee because I might be able to stop him in the driveway and say, hey, put half of that protein mix in the bin and put the other half in the bay. And it's okay. See you later. Have a great day. And so that feeling that we're a piece of that farm and those drivers, they're awesome. They're really what seals the deal for us too. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have so many farms that comment on people's personalities as far as drivers and how much they enjoy them. And some people are like, man, if it's a busy day, you don't go over and talk to them because you will never get away from them. They just stand there and talk. So all they got to do is stand there and unload feed. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. But it's a good, it's back to that personality part of our team that we just have a lot of really good people working for us that want our customers to be happy and come to work with a smile on their face. And, and it shows through. It absolutely shows through. Henry, that poster behind your head, it says, we get to know you and work to help you. And yeah. that's something being new, newer to series. I've heard it a lot. And a lot of companies have, you know, mottos like that and short snippets that you think, okay, it's just something marketing put together. Right. Mm -hmm. But as I hear you all talk, I just, I feel that. And I feel like your customers must feel that too. You really get to know them and what they need and you work to help them every day to the point where, like you said, Henry, they feel like, our employees are their employees because in a way they are um, and they're there to serve them every day. So that's yeah, great. absolutely. And I think that when I think of White Cloud, the feed mill there, we're an extension of their farm as a member owned cooperative, right? So Maddie's out there looking at what their forages are that they have to work with on farm. And then she's going to come back with a mix from White Cloud and it's going to put the finishing touches on uh, a dairyman's forages and it's going to make him productive. They're going to look at a hog producer and maybe the corn that they own and the commodities we can mix it with precisely and deliver to those hogs to make them produce to the best of their ability. And the same for turkeys. It's just that get to know you you know, hey, how's it going? You, to be able to just ask somebody, how's it going? And be ready to receive the return of that loaded question. I think we do have that relationship with the people we get to serve. It's not just an account number. It's a family. It's a business. It's part of Series too. As Henry mentioned, Series Solutions is a farmer-owned cooperative. I asked him if that falls into one of those other things that sets White Cloud apart from their competitors. I think it does. Um, I think partially it does that um, we, some of those cooperative members have been members and put a lot of value in being a member. 
but the same goes that we can still service a customer that's not a cooperative member. And then we can get to know you and help you understand the benefits of being a cooperative member, the patronage that's available, and those types of things that can follow up after your purchases. But the first thing that I would say is we're not going to only do business with a member. If someone has feed business that they want to share with us, if we can be a piece of their business, we'll talk about being a member once we get to know each other kind of thing. To flush this thought out a little bit further, I asked him to describe a typical White Cloud customer. I'll just break out the percentages for you. So we make around 100,000 tons of feed a year, and about 50% of that is swine feed. And the other 50% is made up of turkey feed. And then the last 25, I would say, is dairy, beef, and other. So... When we look at those customers, there are the swine customers, they're large integrated customers that are, you know, have thousands of hogs on feed. From there to the turkeys, it's it's very similar that we we're serving those customers in a bulk feed basis. They have thousands of turkeys on feed. And to size that down for you, there's also customers that buy a skid of bagged layer mash from us that have a layer facility behind their home and we deliver them a skid of of layer feed. So customer size does not matter. I I would say dairy-wise too, there's dairies that are several thousand cows, two to 4,000 cows that we're serving. And there's dairies that are 20 cows that we're serving. And we look at them all the same. We serve them all with all the same quality and and integrity. So to size things up, let me get to know you and let's see how we can help you. And I would say that there isn't, isn't anyone too small that we couldn't serve. A bag at a time, like one or two bags at a time, doesn't fit well for us because we don't have the personnel to to set out two bags of hog feed. Our minimum would be... 10 bags at a time. And we do that on a set out basis. And some of that is done to give us the reassurance of that biosecurity. We don't invite those people into the mill. We do that set out process here in Fremont. We enjoy serving the small customers just as much as we enjoy serving the large customers. Uh, And really on the bulk side of things, we try to keep it at, uh, you know, a two to three ton minimum. Because to put a truck on the road and to send that out to a customer for a three-ton batch, there's a lot of money involved in getting that feed delivered. And sometimes that is a molehill we can we can overcome. But I would say on a bulk basis, it's probably three-ton. And on our bagged side of things, if it's a stock item we carry, it would be 10 bag minimum. Or if you want a custom blend of something bagged, if it has to be pelleted, it's a three-ton minimum. If it's just a a blended feed, like a mineral, we go down as far as a half a ton for specialty mineral mixes. But those are small, accurate mixes that we're proud to deliver that. But it's those are expensive mixes as well. I hope you have enjoyed getting to know Henry and Maddie. In our next episode, we are going to dive right into the frequently asked question that the feed division at Series Solutions gets. 
including how much lead time do you need to order feed? Can you grain bank your corn? How fast can you make feed? And how do you compare price-wise to my current feed supplier? And I cannot wait to share their answers with you. There's a great story of perseverance, passion, and love of the land behind every farm family operation. And our listeners know that better than most. In June, to celebrate National Dairy Month, we introduced a powerful success story of the family-owned Country Dairy in New Era, Michigan. Their story is one of several that we have been privileged to feature on local farm families and Siri Solutions customers over the last 12 months. I encourage you to go to centeredonyou.coop to watch their video and check out the story of other growers that work alongside the Series Solutions team. The show notes for this episode will be available at series.coop. That's C-E-R-E-S dot C-O-O-P. If you enjoyed this deeper dive, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Your review and feedback will help other listeners like you find our podcast, and we are so thankful for that.